Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, and on the phone I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Good evening. Good evening. I have Todd. Hi, Todd. Good evening, everyone. Oh, we got two good evenings now. We also have That's Bob it. Osborne. <laughs> hey, folks. Glad to be here tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. And uh, off to my left. We're going to have fun tonight. We're, we're going to have a lot of fun. And Ranger likes to have a lot of fun, too. He's right over here. So <laughs> I needed to give a shout-out to Ranger. So with that, let's get through these plugs. Uh, Fatty Z Muskie products. FattyZMuskie.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I am currently painting a lot more baits. These baits are not ours. They're going to be going to Muskie Tackle online. So I'm hoping here in the next couple of weeks I'll get those done, ship them off to Aaron. In the meantime, you can check out Aaron's website, MuskieTackleOnline.com. Free shipping on orders over $75. He's a great guy, fast shipper. Um, but like Vance made a post earlier this week, the only place you can get Raptors right now that we know of is Team Rhino Outdoors. His exclusive colors, I said last week, I shipped a whole big giant box, and I did not lie about that. He has them up on his store. I saw that posted. He tagged us on Facebook. So check out those. Uh, rod holders. Tons of rod holders. It's People are pulling their boats out. They're wanting to do stuff to change them. I know I change my boat every year. You guys change your boat every year? No, I'm close. I'm close. <laughs> I, I like to I like to tinker. I know my boat's still fairly new to me, but I'm I'm still getting it tuned in. So if you're looking for maybe a little uh, upgrade on your rod holder situation, uh, reach out to us. I'll uh, gladly explain what we have and the differences between our product and other people's products. Um, and if I feel that other people's products are a better suit for you, I will definitely tell you that and let you make the choice. Or if you're looking for a whole new setup, again, reach out, and I'll be glad to assist you. It can be confusing, and it can be expensive. Uh, you only want it to hurt once, so buy the stuff that's right for you. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to let Muddy Creek talk. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get a hold of us here. Vance and I will be ready to go starting Memorial Day weekend. We're going to run it right up through November. Uh, early season is pretty booked. We had some cancellations in June, so there's a few dates popped up there. So, you know, if you're interested, you know when you're coming, get a hold of us sooner rather than later. We'll try to get you on the books. Fall has still has some openings. I've uh, been doing, just started fishing here a little bit in Pennsylvania. Did a few trips this week, for, you know, just getting my season started. I don't do a whole bunch in PA, but I have a few more days I could do in May. And uh, we're we're ready to go. We're Boats are ready. They've been, they got wet. Net got wet. I got to give, give a shout out to our friends, Bob and Nick from BNN Tackle. I got a, they, we got a couple lures off of them at one of our shows. I know they're big listeners and, uh, first fish of the year in my boat came on a BNN Talons, one of the little, little fire tiger baits. So, uh, yeah, first time I had it in the water, seven feet of line, seven feet of water. Imagine that. Yeah. That's great. Lucky sevens. Seven. I probably had the bait on about seven minutes. Seven, seven and seven. Yeah, seven, seven, seven. Yeah, and the bait and the fish and the fish was seventy-seven inches, right? Yeah, yeah. Not quite that big. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out to those guys. Thanks. 
great running bait. Look good. Very nice. Uh, and I'm sure you look good out there in your Ranger boat. Big shout out to them for sponsoring this show uh, and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Um, check out Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Uh, they sell the Ranger boats, also StarCraft Star Welds. Um, and they also have a, a pretty good used boat uh, inventory. Um, check them out for service. Um, any problems when you don't have somebody like Andy and you need, <laughs> and need somebody to fix something, check out Vicks. Very good. So, St. Croix rods, best rods on earth. Uh, if you're in the market for a new fishing rod, check out St. Croix. They have an expanding line of musky rods. They seem to add a few every year. Todd, how did that trolling rod work out for you on your fishing trips? Oh, they're working out really good. I got to break in a brand new one, and I just put the reel on it probably the day before. So, uh, yeah, those uh, St. Croix Mojo trolling are working out really good. I have a couple of the uh, seven-footers. I run a seven-foot in my down rod. Uh, Seven-foot, I think it's called the extra heavy. And then I run a seven-footer for an inline board. And then I have an eight-six on the out rod two-piece. I can get it into my rod locker and – I got to use those a little bit probably the second half of the season last year and uh, really like them. Uh, no ceramic eyelets. You know, there's just th- – th- I think they can take a little bit more of a beating than some of these other rods. You don't have to worry about, you know, putting them in and out of that rod locker and people stepping on them and, you know, that kind of stuff happens when we got a bunch of people in the boat and uh, nice durable rods. And uh, so far, love them. Excellent. Talk about musky zinc while you're got your vocalizer musky warmed zinc. up. You're talking about musky zinc, yo yo up done. Hey, <laughs> get a hold of your local chapter. There's chapters all throughout the country. Just about every state that has muskies has at least a chapter. It's very important to get involved in your local chapters and uh, or just get involved in musky zinc. Even if you want to be just a non-affiliated member, there's a lot of stuff going on in all the different clubs. The clubs are going to be what they are you getting involved is going to help your club so the more involved you get the more you're going to get out of that club you know some clubs are very involved they got a lot of stuff going on i think pretty much all the clubs have local tournaments and uh uh you know growing up i had just so much fun going and that was a big deal for us everybody planned their vacation around when these tournament schedules came out and uh you know got together it's just to get together it's all fun todd what's your local chapter our local chapter, Chapter 16. You're in uh, 16? Yeah, Three Rivers. Uh, we've been around oh, probably 20, over 20 years now. And uh, Chapter 16, Three Rivers Chapter, another local chapter is the one that uh, we'll give a little shout out to uh, Zach Baker's chapter, Chapter 69. They're, They're exciting. They're doing an awful lot of good stuff right now. Yep, and they're holding a big tournament, Chautauqua Showdown. Vance, do you know the dates? It's the end of June, I believe. Yeah, it's June 29th. It's a one-day tournament. Uh, I believe it's going to be the same as last year. Best three fish for the day. Uh, one-day tournament. Check that out. There's going to be some great giveaways at the end. A lot of stuff involved for the family and, and kids uh, and things of that nature. But check that out. Um, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sort of bummed. You know, Vance and I get, you know, we, we, we we're already booked that day. Uh, I, I, you know, Part of me wishes we would set that aside, but usually by the time that 
that schedule comes out, I already got the days the day booked. But uh, yeah. I, we, wouldn't we, mind, we, I wouldn't we, mind being we, in it. <laughs> we blocked one off for the fall. We did, yeah. That's casting one he's talking about. Yeah. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, those yeah. guys are doing great things. And I want to give a shout out to Zach Baker. I got a little Baker package today. Got about eight, eight or ten baits for my season uh, coming up. And I appreciate that, Zach. I know he listens. So uh, thank you. The care packages are always nice. They're going to be, they're beautiful looking baits. It's a shame what's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. don't save them. I don't collect them. If they're bakers, they get bit. They don't get bit. They don't get wet. That's right. <laughs> All of mine don't get wet, so <laughs> I keep them in a nice little what I call the museum. Yeah. So, all right. I got one other tournament announcement. Uh, a fellow reached out to us to promote another Muskie's Inc. tournament, and I'm going to butcher the name because I can't pronounce half the stuff out of Wisconsin. So... How about this? I'm going to spell it, and it, the first person to shout it out wins. I don't know what they're going to win, but and it's going to have to be one of you three because <laughs> Bob might know it. Okay, W A U S A U. Wasa. Is it Wasa? Okay, Wasa Area Muskies Inc. Um, this is their chapter. They on June first, two thousand nineteen. Fishing hours are six a.m. to four p.m. There will be a mandatory rule meeting on May 31st at 7 p.m. It's $80 entry fee, 50% payout. They have a big fish pool for muskie and pike. $10 for muskie, $5 for pike. That's per angler, and it's 100% payout on the big fish. You can find a lot more information on this at wasawmuskies.com backslash tournament backslash or you could probably just search their wasawmuskies.com muskies ies it's a muskies inc chapter the picture that i screenshot it just says chapter and then my picture fell off so i can't even tell you what chapter it is (laughs) so i'm partially prepared but i'm doing my best here so anyone in the central wisconsin area minnesota anything out there if you're interested in another tournament that is not all the way east at chautauqua or upstate, middle state, New York, there is another one. Um, this gentleman was kind enough to reach out, so I have no problem promoting these Muskie Inc. tournaments. Anyone else has a tournament or a Muskie's Inc. meeting, anything like that that wants a quick shout-out, just message us, and I will butcher it as bad as I did this one. But I'm trying. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. So now that I own hey, that well, failure, what's that, Bob? Hey, Andy, while you're talking about uh, Muskie's Inc. tournaments, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a big shout out to the Indiana Muskie Classic coming up the middle of next month. Well, tell me one about of the it. Best formats, one of the best formats in all of, uh, of tournament fishing that is out there. It's uh, Chapter 45, the Hoosier Muskie Hunters. It's they get the minnow funding. That's how they're over. They're overwintering the muskies now with the minnow that they're able to uh, give them up there. That they're raising the, uh, the money's off of that. I, I won it a couple of years ago. It's like the only win that I've had. But th- it's a three-day event. You fish one day on Webster, one day on Tippy, one day on the Barbie chain. Uh, that's limited to 90 boats. Shimano, my muskie hunter, all, all the you ought to see the gear, man. You get tons and tons of gear it's not a money tournament it's a muskie it's a celebration but uh the indiana muskie classic coming up the 19th of may 
look uh, Hoosier muskie hunters. It's one of the best out there. It really is, guys. That'd be That's so. Great. So that format, I'm gonna I'm gonna bug you a little bit on this one. So it's not it's everyone on this lake on this day, and then the next day you move to another lake. You you when you put your money in, you get a rotation. There's a red, a white, and a blue rotation. There's 30 boats in each rotation when they get full field, and it's typically filled up. A lot of guys vacation there. Kusioska County is really killer destination lakes. So there's 30 boats then rotate each day, depending on what your draw is, which can be really crucial if the weather doesn't cooperate for three days. But you get one day on Webster, and then depending on what your rotation is, you either go to Tippy or Barbie, and then whatever your third lake is. So everybody fishes one period of the same length of time on each of those three lakes, and, you know, Whoever's got the best count at the end of the uh, three days is the muskies, the uh, Indiana muskie champion for that year. And uh, man, it's a it's it's pros and and regular guys. I tell you what, there's some killer sticks that fish that thing, and there's a lot of pros. Hiding's been there. I fished out there with Sarek. Uh It's a it's a real sweet deal. I it's I'm just surprised that they you know that more people aren't aware of it. It's a in that format is just unbeatable. It's a it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, uh, man, if you get the right lake on a Friday and the weather's good, you know, you make your hay on the first day or when I wanted, I, I stuck a fish jigging on, uh, in, uh, off a tippy in the last 15 minutes. And, you know, so anyway, it's really exciting. It's more of a celebration than a, uh, you know, it's competitive, but the, uh, the, oh man, it's great, great food, great place to stay. And nobody puts things on. Like I I'd like to see what uh, Zach and 69 are doing because, uh, the way he was talking, they sound kind of like a whole lot like what the uh, Hoosier Muskie hunters are, are like. They they've got really energized people. They got people that know how to get things done. They've got you know that, that just really top shelf altogether. Everything. Uh, talk to anybody that's been there. Uh, John Bet uh, Betty from uh, uh, Stealth is one of the primary guys there. But it's just you get an idea from that. Just some really great people that really support it. Brotherhood baits. Uh, a lot of the local guys, the King brothers. Uh, you know, they get a chance to get their local baits out. I know I'm not uh, plugged into the, the East Coast bait building uh, scene, but man, there's some pretty good craft builders around here as well that get, you know, get, get a chance to get their wares out and in the hands of guys that get to travel around the country. But it's Indiana Muskie Classic. It's the uh, three days that uh, around the 19th, and I believe this is their 24th year, and they raise so much money. When you, when you hear, if you see what's going on at Lake Webster, that's possible because of the thousands and thousands of dollars that they've raised to get the gigantic, you know, the minnows they need to keep. Now they're keeping the muskie overwintering them and then releasing them in the next year. So they're putting 18 inch plus uh, fry, that's you know, muskie in. So anyway, yeah. I, I, I'm, I didn't mean to monopolize everything, but I'm, yeah. that's what, that's one of my very favorite. I love competitive muskies, all, all kinds. I fish walleye tournaments, crappie tournaments and all that. But this IMC, I'll tell you what, if you followed the, um, you know, you know I, I haven't gone into any, any introduction things, but I do some things with the PMTT and on the pro circuit, their championship last year in Kusioska County, I didn't qualify, unfortunately, but that being able to choose those, the, which lake you were going to fish on and being able to use the multiple lakes came directly from my first experience here at the IMC. It, how It's just so challenging to, to have to, to break down each water. And it's so cool. Everybody shares everything. Unlike a lot of tournaments, because you're not fishing that water the next day, you know, they, nobody yeah. minds sharing what they're doing. Then they move on. Then you got to break down a totally different body of water from, you know, Western clear and deep to the weedy sides of tippy. 
you know, back in James where it's more of a natural setting or any of the chain lakes, which you get everything from the clear to the weedy on uh, on the Barbie chain. But it's a it's really killer. And what a tune up going from Cave Run to uh, Eagle River, Wisconsin. If Tippy's got the weeds up, that's why I first started going there so I could fish weeds before I got up and, you know, got exposed to the, uh, you know, what was going on in, in the uh, northern Wisconsin area up there in the 715. Uh, we don't have, as you know, Todd, the, most of our uh, reservoirs down here are, are weed-free. Now, Cave yeah. has weeds now, but people introduce those to them. So most reservoirs yeah. are rock, and, rock sand, and, and, and dead Timber. trees. Yeah. So that yeah. it's really exciting for southern guys or midwestern guys to get up into that weedy stuff. And Tippy is one of those kind of lakes. It's, it's that, that switch over from what we have down here in reservoirs. It's the deepest natural lake in Indiana. And um well, I'm going to get off my box for a minute. Well, okay, <laughs> I, I got a question about you uh, for you on this. Yeah, one. please. Okay, so the reason, I, and I, I don't want to say it like that, but the 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 rotation is the thought. Are these lakes smaller, and so to handle the added boats, they just kind of split it up into three, or? Yeah, you know that that's a good question because Tippy can handle a uh, you know it, it can handle a good number of boats. It's fairly long and big, but you know Webster. If you're going to do that and rotate the field around, Webster would be the restrictor on that. You know, getting 30 on there is it's not super busy, but it's noticeable on Webster. Whereas Barbie, there's seven there's seven lakes, you know, stretched out across the large ways, and Tippy is connected to James, so they can stretch out pretty good there. So it's more the keeping the field to a manageable size. They were concerned about you know not abusing the local resource and things. They're, they're a great bunch of guys. I, I'm not privy to everything that goes behind, but I have sat in with them a, a couple of times. Uh, the, the competitive level, keeping it, uh, they want to keep it under 100 and give everybody a fair shot and not over uh, overtax any of the, uh, you know, where, where if they put up 50 boats on Webster the first day, the next two days, guys are going to be you know, fishing some pretty dirty water with these guys. They're a pretty darn good bunch of guys fishing it. But I, I, without asking uh, Jeremy or, or uh, Scott directly, I would have to say that it's more about uh, Webster would be the restrictor on that. Yeah, because I, I just because that was always interesting because there's oh you know I, I I imagine some group of hardcore anglers have always talked about having tournaments and tournament trails and this and that and I just never I never thought of hey let's take the field of however many boats you think we're going to have and we're going to do it you know we're going to. I don't know who, who who cares. Name your timeline if it's just everyone throws five bucks in a hat, but to just split up honor system a little bit and then you just rotate stuff because then you can really spread some stuff out. That's an angle I've never I never seen oh, yeah. or heard before. Oh, it's it's really it's really competitive and it gives everybody a, a fair shot and it, it I don't I don't know it's just really enjoyable. Expect if you're a competitive guy and you you know you really love the sport. And the people that are in it, that's the other thing. You know, well, you know, it's way more than the fish. Everybody sitting here right now knows that. It's the the people, you know, the characters, the stories, all that stuff. When you can get together for three days after a day on the water and then have a great dinner and all the talk and people every night sharing what they did on the water that made them successful as they're keeping the fish tally going and everything. It's a it's an experience unto itself. It's uh, it's the best format that I've fished in my I've, – I've fished tournaments for probably almost 30 years of all different sorts. And, gosh, it's just, it's just really cool in all the ways, in all the ways that the, 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 the kinmanship 
you know, mm-hmm. I don't, like Muskie Clan. It's uh, you know, we're we're really a gigantic family. We got, you know, Morton family. We're uh, no, well, we're the clan of the Muskie. <laughs> so it's always cool when everybody gets together. It's like that for the uh, PMT. Todd, you've been down there at the lodge and down there. When oh yeah. Everybody comes in from all over the country. Is there anything like it? There's nothing like that yeah. in this part of the country that I know of. Anyway, no. but it's a it's a special kind of feeling that, you know, I. I guess if you know it, you know it, and uh, people listening to us, you know, think we're, you know, oftentimes that we're a little bit eccentric or crazy, but man, yeah. that's what that's what it really gets me juiced up with musky fishing. It's not just the fish, although you know that's pretty sweet. <laughs> you know, it's evening, on it. you know, that's a nice cherry, but the characters, man, the, yeah. you know, the the people that chase this, that have the passion, that that are you know, share similar, whether it's the same level or not. Everybody, you know, brings a little something different. Uh, to the table but man it's just there's nothing like getting together especially before a big uh, tournament type deal where everybody's a winner you know right up you know, until the last day just before the clock's out but all that energy in the, the first couple of the year and everybody gets together and everybody's expecting you know they've got all their big fish dreams and their hopes in front of them and everybody's cashing that winning check and you know, a couple of adult beverages flow. The stories get going, and those are my musky brothers and sisters. I got to tell you, some of the best people I've met in my 64 years on this earth I've met uh, since I've started, you know, really pushing musky hard the last 20 years. Very nice. Uh, did you uh, – I just I just wanted to uh, touch base on that Tony party uh, that he puts on. How was it? How was it this year? The PMTT, because when we t- when Todd and I go down and do it, we always talk about that, and we're like, uh, the, the, "I want to uh, be there. I don't want to stay up drinking till three. <laughs> wanna, that, uh, okay, whatever. It was go. still it was still going at four a.m. <laughs> it was the although it looked a whole lot like a scene. Uh, I don't know, maybe if you watch The Walking Dead or something like that. <laughs> Those that were up were in a zombie-like condition. But, you know, about probably half of those guys were you – know, he gets some pretty hardcore guys that stay there coming into the PMT. But about half of those guys were out on the water later when I was out doing some reconnaissance, you know, for some camera stuff we were hoping to do. About half of those guys were out there. And, uh, you know, they get a musky bait in their hand, and they don't look near like a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the young guys are still pretty tough. The older guys were still laying around come noontime when we went up there. So. <laughs> It's funny. Hey, before we get too deep into this, hit, hit your plugs up, Bob. Well, I, I'm not a real pluggy kind of guy, but uh, I do have a, I'd like to talk a little bit maybe about Musky Hunter magazine and my friends Tony and Greg uh, just took over uh, all musky publications now uh, out of the Frenchburg area. Uh, they're two of the hardest working guys in the business. I, I, I know you guys know them well, and I, I imagine most folks, especially uh, well, they were they were out at the max this year. They're they're all around, but they, you know, the promoting and the uh, uh, both guiding full time guides and the promotions and all the things that they do, the musky road rules. But this taking on the uh, the mantle of uh, the the musky hunter magazine, it's print media, and it's a tough time to do that. They they a lot of that's passion driven. They 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 feel that it's a way to fuel the passion. Now I haven't had a long talk with Greg, but I got to spend a, a good good day and a half with uh, Tony with recently for the Battle in the Bluegrass tournament, their first musky honey hunter tournament down there on Cave Run, uh, two weeks prior to the PMTT, and uh, 
they they have they have really big plans there's a lot of and and realize that it's a fairly closed market you know that we have right now we're working on some things there that uh, and that we might talk about here in a moment but i guess what i want to say is that they they really believe you know they 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 are this real deal from real guys doing it living it breathing it you know walking the walk talking the talk i'm putting in the the hours and not just now i mean you know years decades i knew greg when he was just a little tyke down around green river kentucky when i was doing bass tournaments you know people would talk about the kids sh- you know shading the uh banks you know trying to catch musky up in the creek and and tony well i'm i'm getting off on on the side there they in the second issue now and trying the things that they're trying to do their ambassador program where you can give uh, young future anglers young musky anglers a reduced subscription they have an uh, for guys like you and i get 10 or 15 and hand them out but one of the things that i don't think a lot of people know about is talking to greg thomas and listening to it their podcast a couple of weeks ago is that every subscription to the new musky hunter magazine they're taking a dollar from that and putting it into a grant uh fund now this fund can be they're they're wanting to use it for habitat and and that sort of thing so similar to uh you know like the hugh beckman type deal they they had the that spokesman on a couple of three weeks prior to that uh for the hugh beckman for the beckman fund out of minnesota uh, with muskie's inc but they as for each subscription they'll put it into this fund and then people can uh, send in grants for different projects or things that they want to do and then they'll decide at that time who you know who gets what and that but uh you know that's just one of the many things that they are uh uh, shortening the articles, the breakdown section in the middle of the magazine. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, you, uh, take a look. Uh, St. Clair on the first one. Uh, well, you, you'll see. I, don't, I won't uh, get into the details on that. And the uh, Muskie Hunter magazine, uh, Mag Swag, uh, Big Fish Picture Bounty for all the PMT events this year. Uh, Tim Barker, last year's winner and second place finisher this year. Uh, with his 47.5, if you're wearing, the, if you've got a picture of the biggest fish red, released in a PMT event and you're wearing musky hunter gear and it's clear, clearly visible in the picture, pick up a $250 check. Tony and Greg will you know, sign it and hand it right over to you. It's a, you know, another one of the things, uh, every PMT event this year, uh, I don't know, This it's, it's they're doing a lot of things. I hope you support them. It's you know, it's important. I, I'm going to try to help a little bit with advertising. I don't know if I'll be a help or a hindrance there. Uh, but if you're if you're out there listening right now and you're interested in uh, possibly subscribing, I mean, not subscription for sure. But if you're interested in advertising, uh, you know, uh, give me a give me a shout, uh, you know, hit me up on my email or any one of my sites. And I would love to talk to you. I, you know, I, <laughs> I would probably confuse myself, but I'm looking forward to the opportunity. What are your sites that people it. could reach out to you on? Well, uh, most every uh, Muskie Clan is my uh, Facebook presence. It's, I've been out there for a few years. We've got about 2,500 uh, followers on there. Uh, it's a little mix, mishmash of anything going on in the uh, in the Muskie world and the Muskie community. I really favor small craft bait builders, uh, you know, moms and pops places, some of the stores. Any most any place or anything on there is something some place or somebody that I that I know that I've talked to you know they're all good people they all you know that sort of thing the uh, live feed stuff that I I get uh, so much positive feedback from uh, you know just going out when I'm going to a tournament or I'm traveling it's uh well like we were saying before it's not the fishing that's the total draw it's the people you meet along the way and the you know the friends you make the new faces and all that stuff so I like to share that. 
do some uh, report, you know, updates and that sort of thing. I have a uh, Bob Osborne uh, Outdoors Media, which is uh, in general uh, multi-species and more to what I do with the Professional Anglers Association, which I do a little bit of work with them and a, a liaison to the uh, professional muskie tournament trail for the uh, Professional Anglers Association. So I, I try to do a lot of uh, of uh, multi-species and some out, uh, some outdoor other outdoors stuff on that one. Then my uh, I'm associated with a few pages for the outdoor network, but th I'm like a you know throwing spaghetti against the wall. I guess I love I can't I have a problem saying no. <laughs> really, I do. I I I how can you? I mean, there's just so many some of the best. I, honest to gosh, and you guys know it. You travel a lot. I was I've been trying to do a little research on your guys' pages and stuff, and seeing some back pictures. And Todd and Vance, I know you. There's. <laughs> Oh man, there's just, there's some of the best guys out there. Nobody knows about some of the best sticks that I've really true, really good. Got the, what I like to call the fish gene. They don't want anybody to know they're out there. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. There's some guys there in that seven one five up there in, uh, North, in the North woods in Wisconsin that have asked me, I, they've shared things with me, but I'm not allowed to even talk about where they're at. You mentioned a uh, Wausau area that I didn't say that, guys. It was it was brought up by somebody else. <laughs> There's a lot of sweet little holes around the Wausau area. The great guys in that in that chapter, by the way, in that area. But but anyway, that's what you know. A lot of that's just uh, trying to spread the love, the what you know, the musky love, the musky gospel, going out and and going to like what I'm trying to do now. What that cave run this weekend? I went over and sit with the bass guys for a while and helped them with their way in. Ed, you know, the, the three most important things in muskie fishing today, I've been I, I've been involved at the international level. I've been executive vice president of both the magazine and membership of Muskie Sync, but that's going back to our early days, Todd, mm -hmm. is uh, I, I think it's probably more important now, especially with the advent of the Internet and things that, that people are get can be expert level tactic wise way, 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 way quick now. Education, education, education. There you go. We need to. We keep talking to the same uh, group of people that are already involved in muskie fishing. I'm doing a tri-state fishing show. Uh, uh, their uh, promoters reached out. They want to let me set up a muskie corner at their bass and uh, crappie, uh, primarily bass stuff, to let me set up and display and and promote the my well my home lake is Brookville Lake in Indiana, super sleeper. Uh, hopefully Matt Gunkel from uh, Not Lunge no more. Wars, he had talked. To, <laughs> well, it's, it's a hard one to work out. There, it, it's not a traditional. Uh, it's a. Well, I'll tell you, I I believe in sharing it. You still got to catch them. It's a deep water fishery that's really accessible and easy. Well, I, I I shouldn't be talking about it now. You're right. It's, <laughs> this is really the only time of the year. But it's they. That was a dump lake for the state of Indiana for ten years. Ten ten effing years. That was the dump lake. It was not a. It was not a, a lake that they had to account for. Okay, but, Indiana, but what's a dump lake? Like they throw garbage well, in it. Well, many years ago, Indiana has a heck of a of a, of a musky uh, hatchery. And several years ago, when they were like when Webster was had their five per acre or whatever its astronomical numbers were, they have their uh, their uh, the metered lakes. They they've got another word for it. It's escaping me for the moment. But their their list lakes that they would do is so many per acre. But because of an early fish kill in the early legs stages of the uh, uh, deal, back when Jane, uh, Mr. James was still our director, they had a fish kill and they couldn't meet their. So after they started doubling their uh, 
production goal. So to in case something like that happened, it wouldn't mess up their uh, what they were doing on their schedule lakes. So at the end of the year, before instead of using the minnow money for their overage, Brookville Lake was their dump lake. And there were years they put as many as 75,000 in there. And this is a leech lake, clear lake. I mean, leech strain, clear strain, and a barge strain. And they've got an Indiana mix that if you've ever seen Melton Hill fish, like Mm -hmm. I just saw today, I think Corey stuck a 53 and a half today down there. Yeah, it was just the other I day I a, saw that. He had a video I, and stuff. I saw that on an ITS feed. Well, I, I've i got a pretty good one. That with those Indiana trades muskie to them for smallmouth back up here. So those are actually, those fish are an Indiana strain of uh, muskie that they trade for smallmouth from out of Tennessee to bring up here in one of the most muskie-rich lakes in the state of Indiana. And that's Brookville Lake. I've been out with the DNR two times while they were... Every walleye lake in the state, they each district comes here and shocks their walleye fry. So I'm a I'm a multi-species guy. I like a little bit of everything. So I've been invited to go out with them. And two times that I was out with them, they broke the state record smallmouth. One time by two pounds, and they broke the they broke the musky uh, state record for the musky in the same night in two wow. passes. Hmm. In two passes. <laughs> but it's so many shad. People call this the dead dead lake or that dead sea. That's the nickname. They call it the dead yeah. sea. It's a hard lake to fish, but man, oh man, it's got full blood stripers, white bass. It's got the whole mix. There's ring perch in here. I mean, this it's really, but everybody goes. They don't even seem to know it's here. And there's almost two th- two million people in the greater Cincinnati. Yeah, that's why I get excited about these other shows. Cave Run is two and a half hours from Cincinnati. Brookville's an hour and a half. Caesar's Creek is an hour and a half. The Ohio River was a legendary commercial fishery until they uh, about killed them and the sturgeon out in the late thirties. It's a hell of a musky place. And people just, you know, it's like the advantage of first move. If I can ever, you know, finally focus and bring things to bear, like I'm hoping can we'll be starting to do, uh, you know, this coming year, the, the local radio station has asked me to be on occasionally now and talk musky. And yeah, so I've got to kind of get this nervous stuff out of my way, but you know, as an ambassador for it in an area where there's just really killer fishing that a lot of people don't don't even know about. They're watching some really good shows coming out, you know, there are especially with YouTube and um you know, some of the other, you know, there there's some pretty good uh you know, people are seeing it. They just I don't think are realizing yet, you know, the availability of it and you know, yada yada yada. I'm feeling like I'm getting a little uh <laughs> getting a little long there on you're, the you're uh, you're doing good. You're doing fine. Uh well yeah. it's it's there's just an awful lot of opportunity here, but I I keep going back to I need to quit talking about my home water until I can get back on there pretty regular. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have people mad at you. <laughs> you're gonna have me visit but, uh, you. So well, that's, I, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping I get a chance. I uh, I was saying uh, you know, there's well there's some folks that are hoping to come out and maybe help me figure it out couple of deep water guys and you know one really smart stick a lot of smart sharper sticks and you know sharper knives in the drawer than me i've made a career out of fishing with really really good people and learning every single thing i could and you know it started with my very first time membership to muskies inc the chapter 40 uh, 42 i believe it was and it was called the kentucky chapter then but they were in cincinnati and then i went on and you know, went on from there, and I, I helped to found Chapter 52 now, which I always thought should be the home, you know, the, in Moorhead there on Cave Run. The Cave Run should have been at the you know, Major Clark Hatchery, should have been the center of our uh, our Kentucky chapter. But uh, 
but that's that started it. I you guys talked a lot about it last week, Zach, and there were some really there were some really golden nuggets in your last program, guys. The uh, thank you. That whole that Zach was talking about that when you be when you become a member of Muskie, you go out on the water and 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 you and there's a good stick out there. And he doesn't know you. He's, you know, they're not going to, you know, most of us don't share a lot of information with people we don't know are not meat fishermen or, you know, the or club carrying members of the I hate muskies. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but when you, so you, you might spend a lot of time beating a lot of dead water, you know, dragging, a, you know, not, not being very productive, just learning nonetheless, but you know, the learning curve, the learning curve, that was the key. I heard him mention that two or three times last week. You join a chapter near you, and by golly, you'll learn more in one year. One year, I promise you. Even if you got a half dead chapter, yeah, you'll learn more in one year from guys yeah. that have been doing it for a long time, but are doing it from the heart. It's a passion. It's a real, real deal for people. That's that's the attractive thing. People looking in, they think that we're trying to that we're elitist or something. It's not that. We have a really it's a renewable resource, but dang, it's so valuable. It, you know what we're looking for? Oftentimes takes twenty years. In some places like Ohio, they that, are, that strain might go 10, 12 years. You're you're lucky if you see a, a male over forty, and if you get a 45, 48 inch queen, that's a big fish. You know they just don't yeah. live that long. Uh, you go to those chapters and, and those guys then they and they see what you're about and they know that you're genuine. But then a, you, you're going to places you've never fished before. You're seeing baits and tactics and 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 you'll learn you'll learn more about just your rod selection and part of it. And just one meeting then the seminar speakers, my first time seeing. A, oh, gosh, back then it was like Mesocomer and Sarek and. Uh, hiding and the guys that would come around to the chapters it was it was you know these are guys we were i was be seeing on tv and there they were and after the show they'd sit there and have a cup of coffee with you or some would have an adult beverage with you depending upon who it was and mm-hmm. you would just man i it's it's uh from that from that very first experience and I, I i ran into perry smith who god rest his soul is no longer with us he was president at the time, and I had just started running for office, and I, I wound up, I got to spend a week on his blue houseboat on Lake of the Woods my first time up. My, I, my first, I had my first 52 plus up there. Uh, none of, none, not what, what I'm getting at is not one single bit of that would ever have happened if I'd have just sat and just kept reading my In Fisherman magazines, and I'm a disciple of Brother Buck Perry, and, and I was, you know, and I'd get out there and I'd scratch it out, but it opened up such a big, gigantic world when you get around a bunch of people of like mind, you're the crazy person when you're the only one around your lake or your house that's chasing muskie all the time or any <laughs> of the toothy critters. You get around a bunch of them, you're going to see there's a lot crazier guys than you are and well, guys that got way more baits and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Ohio Husky Muskie Club here, and I'm not going to get wound up on my, I didn't think I had any plug. <laughs> they're one of the oldest one of the oldest in the, in the United States. They, they started in 61. There are two clubs in Wisconsin older. Okay. Ohio, that they're, they're you know they're, they're musky fisheries and their hatcheries go back to the uh, like fifty three I believe. I'm yeah I'm pretty sure it's fifty three. It's before fifty five. Before I was born, they had started doing that. And there's the Ohio Husky Musky Club. You had to catch a forty two inch fish and take the scales and give them into the DNR to be a member. That was their you know their foundation. You know uh, 
gosh, that's goes back again to what I, why I, you know, with Muskie Clan, what that means. It's our it's heritage, it's a legacy, it's a lifestyle that nobody else is fishing, and it's only in a small slice of North America. It's a North American treasure. On my Muskie Clan per, private page, which is another one you have to get membership to, you know, I really limit who's on there. But there are, I have to use a, a, a translator. There's 12 languages in 22 countries represented on there. And those 26,000 people, I mean, 2,600 people, whatever, Spain, France, people love muskie. They love what we do over here. They follow. And then the European guys, the pike guys, they're on there all the time, vulture and baits, looking to see what's going on. And then that, uh, then some of the pike guys are doing stuff back and forth. It's really when we're fishing, it's a pretty small community for the uh Especially those of us that chase old Esox around, you know, there's a there's not a lot of us, but here in America for the muskie and North America, because I really truly believe that's the other thing I like about what you guys are doing up, you know, in '69 and some of those parts is it's Canadian American. It's a it's a Can Am. I I really hate that there seems to be, you know, that derision almost like Wisconsin and Minnesota. When I'm up there, I you know they're both they both got so damn much to, amazing to offer i i hate to see them bickering and i hate to see that same thing between us so in in my perfect world i would be a member of muskies canada muskies inc and the ohio muskie uh husky muskie club and of course the, there's a couple of associations minnesota and see i can't say no it's a good <laughs> but it really is important it really is important yeah. so if, 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 if someone wants to Check this out, Muskie Clan. What could, how, how can they get a hold of you on Facebook? Like send a friend request? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, if you go to the, the uh, it's all cap Muskie Clan on Facebook, that's a that's a wide open page and it, it's it's linked to, you can see the stuff on the other page. I just, I've limited yeah. posts because I didn't, I don't want people putting on uh, products that I don't personally know or yeah. trying to sell things from people that I don't personally know as being good people or that they're, you know, that, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's, it's it's really personal. That's a it really is. They're like family. You guys are all family. And there's a bunch of musky clanners out there. Which brings me to the only note that I got from this morning was, did you ever decide whether your your disciples, your followers, are fatheads? Or <laughs> I was I was well, going to say, hey, fatheads, but I got all off on another tangent. We were going to. Uh... I was going to put up a polling question. Early I, I didn't see it. I, I went to look, but I, I got it just immediately. Minnows or not, I kind of like fatheads. It just seems like you know, <laughs> yeah. something about okay. it just seems sort of natural. We're gonna we're gonna put something up this week. I I just was in no shape or form to uh, <laughs> write anything that was coherent. Same with Andy, and then I was gonna get to Todd because Todd can usually sit back and write something decent. But I think I like fell asleep for a minute while I was driving, so. <laughs> did you find any mailboxes no no any tires that came team. out of nowhere no no okay Thank cool God, no uh, but yeah so, so this is good this is all good stuff bob and now now you've also everybody got to see this stuff and i i will say this as as bob was saying i i'm a member of the musky clan on facebook and i don't even scroll Thank through you. there that often but i get Every once in a while, when I do, you know, when I see Bob's face and I see that little button you got to press, I can't help but press it. I got to see what Bob's talking about. It's just Bob's stuff. a hype man. It, it's stuff you got to <laughs> listen to, man. Yeah, he's. A, I got to see Bob's... what Bob's up to. I've known Bob a long, long time, and uh, you know, I got to meet him back in two. I think I started with the original PMTT '99. I think Bob came in 2000, 
And, uh, you know, I've, I've known him a long time. He's a great, great guy. And, you know, if you can get involved in that stuff, it's going to help. It's going to help the whole sport. That's what it's about. <laughs> get involved yeah, in the Muskie clan. And what were you doing? You got to go down to cave run and, uh, we saw a lot of live feeds. I was, I was doing a charger, but I was, I was checking in to see what was happening. And <laughs> kept coming up, man. I, I, I probably could have used up. your charger in a little less rain. I, we, we did have some issues day two, did get a heck of a storm day two, but, uh, I, I thought that I was going to fish it. Things didn't work out that way. Uh, but it was, it was great. I got an opportunity to, you know, I had been talking to Tim, uh, with Lockie, the tournament director. I haven't been to, doing too much of their media work the last year or so. And uh, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I really think would help. It's, I don't think holding that, holding everything back, I'll just be candid about it. And this is my side of a conversation prior to this all coming about. Is yeah. I don't really think that it helps to hold back to try to pull a handful of people in to see a virtual weigh-in when, especially this time of year, and there's blizzard warnings and there's ice, and I just I know how I feel. I'm you know I you see how amped up I get sometimes that you know seeing what's going on you know let let them here's the conditions you every you know guys a lot of us like to know if it's muddy if it's windy you know what the you know what the water temperatures are. And yeah. by golly, when the bite's going on, what I really want to do, and I, I'm hoping that this goes, because we did have such a great response, but even with it only, I didn't even know till Thursday, and my Wi-Fi burned up and all kinds of stuff. So is, and I was just looking looking at the numbers, and we had at one time eighteen thousand five hundred people that were involved one way or another on any one of three or four platforms that I was putting it out on that were watching the updates and watching the live feed at the end when I, when I finally got to put it on a stand where it wasn't jerking around so bad and that's the wind really, wasn't blowing. That's really, that that's, that's cool though. That's a lot of, that's a lot of people out there. That's a, that's a big portion of our musky community, to be honest. You yeah, know, I, it's I, a small community. Uh, that's a lot of people. <laughs> Well, in, in the vein of that, on the small community, I, I don't know that I, I know I made a brief passing about the uh, tri-state fishing show that's coming uh, in January here in the in the greater Cincinnati area, and them allowing me to set up musky stuff in there, yeah. you know, in that show and, and talk to people for three days on that. Uh, if there's anybody in the greater Cincinnati area or any anybody that they're, they're going to allow me to, you know, any, well... Hit me up on Muskie Clan. I'm, I don't know. It's just fleshing up a little bit, or on uh, Bob Osborne Outdoor Media. And I would, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, destination stuff, like educational literature. Uh, I'm going to try to offer a handful of baits from a, you know, a handful of manufacturer stuff that I think would work in this, you know, in the downsize market here. That try to get the crossover from the bass guys, but not just here. I, I, I think that, that part of the message that I would like to leave with folks tonight is that if you see an opportunity and you are in a Muskies Inc. chapter or you're in one of the clubs and you get a chance at later in the in the, this coming year when they're when all the uh, local fishing shows and all the things are going on get out there reach out try to try to be a great ambassador you know at the one one person at a time almost nobody was born a musky angler almost all of us come from something else and I, I hate to see the the the, the rumblings of some of the stuff that we fought many years ago with, with some of the other species snobs about, you know, this fish, that fish, uh, reach out, touch somebody, be a friend, 
if you get the opportunity. And hey, if you want to do anything in the Cincinnati area in January, give me a shout. Perfect. Okay, shameless plug. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you talked about not, you know, like 15 seconds ago, not everyone was born a muskie angler. Um, Let's, I'd like to know, like we try to do this with all the guests. Tell us the story of how you got to where you are today. What did you start out with? And the, the, the progression, because everyone's story is different, but we're all kind of at the same end. That's a, that's what I say. And it's a gosh dang, it's everybody brings something different to the table. That's one of the cool things about, you know, about angling anyway, I think. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I've got a really mixed pedigree. My, uh, my father's side of the family is out of the Fargo, uh, North Dakota area outside of Detroit lakes. It wasn't Detroit lakes then, but, uh, you know, some of the first uh, the first uh, automo- automobile dealership and all that sort of stuff, they go way back, uh, well, at least that generation. But they had camps up there, and there's a lot of good old photos on that side. But on my mother's side of the family, we're out of the eastern hills of Tennessee. And my grandpa, uh, God rest his soul, and this is back when I was mighty little, and we would walk those streams, and my grandpa, Harwood, was a muskie fisherman. And he was considered a loony, toony, crazy SOB. <laughs> and he'd no, he didn't get them very often, but every once in a while. Now, what, was these he were, these loony, toony because he musky fished, or was there other things besides that? <laughs> but I, I think a lot had to do with the prohibition days, you know, back in the day and all that. But, you know, and a couple of near misses <laughs> in that way. But that was. I, I learned I learned that being the angling being a grounding force and being able to get out and not just always being about the fish when you would walk the mountains and the hills and the TVA was just getting uh you know I this this would have been late fifties early sixties I was born in nineteen fifty five so I was still pretty young but I often got to vacation with them by myself down in Tennessee and would do this and walk those but it was always the other stuff it was the you know, uh, be a salamander or it would be uh, it, little tricks like the, taking the walnut shells, you know, when they were green and take the husk off of those if you wanted to get bait. And you get upstream in the creek and you put a couple of handfuls of this, the walnut shell husk in there and it sort of paralyzes the chubs for a minute. And you go in there and you grab up a bunch of chubs and then you walk down with a big stick and you knock a, you know, a wasp nest out of a tree and you take the larvas out of it. Absolutely killer trout bait, if you don't know, by the way. Wait, so, so you're advocating... <laughs> I would bringing never do that. Beehives <laughs> down. Yeah. Well, let's say, as they used to say in Tennessee, the waspers. They're waspers. Oh my <laughs> but yeah, not the honeybees. No, sir. We don't. We don't. We don't. Uh, no, I mean, but they, they, okay. They they, they, they still have sharp, pointy things on their back ends that hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we tried to, and I did get that. That was one of my uh, one of my traumatic experiences. Was having one fall right on me, and I guess. They get on you and they can sting multiple times, so they don't like let you go. So even when you're tearing down fences and running through the corn and falling over the bank into a creek and you're drowning yourself, fast as you run, they don't they sit on you and just sting the heck out of you. Okay, but, at any point, I mean, who needs who needs to stop and get millworms and uh, <laughs> pinheads when you can go and. To uh, anaphylactic shock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. At uh, any point, but... when you were getting these wasps' nests out of these trees, did you say that a trout is not worth this? <laughs> no, I, I got to tell you, it was it was kind of a competition, and it was new to me. It was it was cool. I was still learning that. Uh, 
it was, see, there would be, he would go, there was, I believe it was called Wilbur Dam or something. It was one of the TVA lakes that was uh, not too far from us, but the, the big siren, you could fish below, it would be real calm and just like a little creek down there. Then the siren, and you'd have to run up the slippery <laughs> rocks to get out of the way before the water came and would kill you. They, they didn't worry about people too much back then. You got the horn and that was it. You better get out of the way. So, but then when it would run and it would start to fall down, once they could close the gates again and start to settle for whatever reason, great big old uh, trout with uh, rainbows would come up in there and you'd just throw on a bare hook, the, uh, the larva and man, they would just one right after the other, however many larvas we had, that's how many fish. And then we'd bring them home. And, you know, back in the early sixties, if you brought home a mess of fish and if it was trout and I'm down here visiting from Cincinnati and, you know, we're down in Johnson, Johnson city, Tennessee, just down from Bristol up there at the foot of grandfather mountain. You want to be a hero at six years old, five years old, you bring in a few pound of trout and you, you show them, you know, when you're catching three pound trout. And I, that's, that was really, that was my, I think that was when I really, for me, it was a special lock-in. There was something about doing that, but that, that, that when you got back to the house and my grannies and my, my, I had a, a great, great grandmother who was a kid baby when in the civil war and she was still alive then. And it, she scared the bejesus out of me. Gosh, she looked so scary, but <laughs> reaching up with her shivering quick and hand and reaching up and, and she always wanted to touch me. And that was just creeping me out all the time. But you know, I'm always been, so I come up and I, I know she's like 106 years old and she's, and all, all I can remember her saying was, good fish, Bobby, good fish. <laughs> so come on. And she was alive when Lincoln was still alive. And I caught a good fish. She she passed shortly after that. And that's about all I can remember her saying to me. But it got rid of all that creepiness. Now when I think about her, she was one Aww. of the first ones to tell me what a good fisherman I was. And I'm not really that good. I just get lucky sometimes. But And I fish around a lot of guys that know more than I do. But he went on. They moved to uh, Cincinnati when I got older and he brought an aluminum boat with it, with him. And, uh, uh, just outside of Caesars Creek is a, was Cowan Lake. And that was a musky lake in Ohio. One of two, I think Salt Fork and Cowan were the only two and spoon plug pulling <laughs> yeah. road trolling. There I was. Hey, oh, Bobby, you're, you're not big enough to pull them more. We'll have to wait for a couple. I can do it, Gramps. I can do it. No, you're too. Yeah. I hadn't read Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer yet. <laughs> so anyway, I say I could, so I would too. I'd get in there and boy, I'd pull him and he'd drag those spoon plugs and he was sticking musky at Cowan Lake in the early mid sixties here in Ohio. He was still crazy as a loon and he, but he caught a lot of big catfish and nobody else, <laughs> nobody else we knew caught musky. So but then I got way away from that. And as I got older, got in the service, got married and, you know, life started spinning off a little bit. And then I, uh, a little pit close to the house, I uh, watching them fishermen and Doug Stangy or something, a, a rig they were using for carp. And I went down and started, you know, tagging some 30, 40 pound carp and started getting life back on track. And, you know, son of a bitch, it's a uh, son of a fishes. I mean, <laughs> we, uh, it's, it's just amazing how, what those, what that time can do, you know, that getting back out and just realizing that at any point in that time, when you're fishing, if you do, if you can tune out everything else around you and that your lure or your bait or whatever your presentation is hits the water and those ripples start going out and you just look at that, you, that could be 10,000 years ago. You could be wearing a loincloth and a, you know, it was sustenance fishing. It was so, so important, but there's something in our, some of us, we've got, that's in our DNA. I, that, that's where the fish gene is. Some people are just so darn plugged into it. 
it's it's a big part of a lot of us anyway. That's the lifestyle part, I think. But legacy, the heritage, and that lifestyle, it's all goes back. It could be almost any point in time when you know since man's been walking. I think we should bring that back. The old. Uh loincloth fishing <laughs> yeah I, I, I'll let oh you lord spin. have mercy there, I won't I've even been, play I've shirts and skins so <laughs> you shirts and skins? I wouldn't even play shirts and skins and basketball yeah. and stuff so you can go do the loincloth thing uh, the loincloth is oftentimes an accessory I you know it's not always you know no, it's, I don't know they're you know, it gets mighty hot down in some of those reservoirs. Now nah, I'm just shit. But when I was younger, I could do got to say there were times when it was down to pretty much pretty much close to that. But you know, well, who cared? As you go get your beehive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, well, you don't get. Yeah, you don't go after anything. And only a loincloth. See what happens. Nah, I'll leave that for somebody else. Somebody younger and not quite as dumb as me. The good old beehive. Okay, so. So you started fishing for carp, you started catching some big fat carp, and then you just kind of worked your way right back into the muskie fishing scene? Well, yeah, well, it was a local club scene uh, uh, out of northern Kentucky. Well, there were were a couple of bass clubs in that. I I tried, I was getting involved in, you know, I like tournament fishing and, you know, with on the club scene would do pretty well. And uh, so I thought maybe, you know, maybe a little bass fishing might be, and and I did and did okay in some of the local stuff, but you know never made it into the federation things. And the, actually, the better you get in bass fishing, the less nice people are to you. They quit talking to you. They it's like they're afraid they're going to tell you something, or I don't know. And uh, so walleye, and uh, you know I went on to walleye. I love uh, chasing flatheads on it. But get, let me back this up just a tad. So the uh, club tournament, a couple of guys where I was uh, working were involved in a local fishing club in northern Kentucky. So I, they were going to a, a little place that they had seen on an in fisherman show. This was back in the late 80s called Lake Vermilion in Minnesota. And I said, what? And I, I, you know, I had family up that way. I had never been there, but I had been here. You know, it was on my list of stuff. I think by then, you know, Pearson and them were writing a few things. But anyway, I was starting to get a little excited about getting up to the North way. So I invited myself along. And so for the next 10 years, you know, we did a lot, awful lot of fishing all over the place. We went up there, you know, moose and pike, no muskie. They were just starting uh, to get them in. I was just surprised that they weren't, you know, that they weren't advertising it yet as such a great smallmouth fishery, which we, we slayed smallmouth. But anyway, from that, uh, I, I've always uh, been interested in trying to share information. I, I believe that that's a, you know, and is an outdoor communicator, you know, honest, true, you know, the real deal kind of stuff and all that. Well, I, a local uh, advertising outdoor paper, the Gadabout uh, in the central part of Indiana uh, was looking for a writer that happened to be me. And I started covering 80 miles of the Ohio river and just did seasonal chasing, whatever was going at the time. And, I guess it was about as happy as I'd ever been, but it was about as broke as I'd ever been. I had my old boat and I'd tie up to barge towers. I'd take little kids and uh, kids with special needs out to the local uh, parks during the day and let them pan fish and, and showed them a little something that I'd learned up north with the cast iron with a little shoreline stuff that nobody down here sees any of that stuff. There's just so, it's like you're coming from Mars when you do these things. But uh, they would, while they were catching their pants. An act of generosity. <laughs> yeah, well, I was getting those little bluegills every time. I said, well, I'm going to put that one in this bucket. Put that one in this bucket. Take a quick oh. nap and then go down to the river and, you know, get 
catfish so big you can't get them in the boat. I still got nightmares <laughs> about that. But the in those tournaments, we started going to Green River, and that's when I, you know, for some of the bass and crappie tournaments, both, you know, both do really well down there, some really good fishing, but, and started hearing about Greg Thomas, and I actually saw him a couple of times on the bank. He was just a little shit. He was probably 11 years old, 12 years old. I don't know. He was young. And uh, the, I knew the people at a local hotel that were in his family, and they had talked about him. They knew that I had been doing some writing, but I never got a chance to meet him. Bottom line is two of the biggest muskie I ever caught in my life. I caught spinner bait in these flats down by Holmes Bend. And then in another crappie turning on a little crappie jig, I got one that would look like it was close to the state record at the time. And I just kind of looked around and, and everybody at the club. And I was at that time, I was doing, you know, all kinds of stuff with the, you know, the club. I was really involved with them trying to, and I just looked around and I go, screw you. I'm going home. And I went home and I got my musky stuff. And I, I <laughs> guess I just went back down the green river, spent about a week, met, met Bill Jarbo, uh, started learning to throw cobs and all that. And my, the fishing partner, uh, the guy that I fished against for 10 years and all these, these club events, it was either he or I. It would seem like we were always the angler of the year, and the other one would be runner-up. And I said, James, have you ever thought about just putting our heads together and working together? And there's, there's this PMT started up, and we fished a lot at Cave Run. You know, we moved a few fish down there, and we both caught a couple of muskie in our day. I said, man, why don't we, you know, all them big dogs from all over the country come down there, and I can hear them howling all the way up at my house. <laughs> Every time they come down here, you said, let's just go down there and see how we stack up with those guys. Uh, I don't know, you know, that's the pro circuit. And all that. I said, man, so anyway, it took a little bit of talking, and, you know, I got to put a couple of the extra dollars in on it. And anyway, we were down there, our first event, and that's where I, when I first met Todd and uh, Dennis Radloff at the time and the guy that opened Green Bay up, uh, as far as I know, and one of the first anyway. But uh, we went when down. You, and, when you first saw Todd down there, did you think he was one of those weirdos with the little motor? <laughs> no, he was actually – he was actually from our, our side of the country, and and a lot of those guys that I thought were a little weird because they were throwing such gigantic baits. This is cave running April and May, and I just couldn't believe it. I said, well, what are they doing? I got hellbenders in my – I use hottentots and uh, mud bugs and, you know, the, a lot of a lot of the really popular big baits right now got that same wander. I, I look back, you know, you live long enough, you see this. I understand why they work, but that's what the hottentots and things were doing. You know, you get – and the wiggle warts – they got that scatter, you know, jump and then kick out and then kick back over. Boy, if you tap something, you know, the way they roll over or you can pull them over almost. Okay. <laughs> Bottom line. <laughs> so we get, and we're out pre-fishing. Man, we're hammering fish pre-fishing. And I goes, well, let me try a buck pail. Because, you know, I hadn't ever, we're using AC shiner uh, stick baits and, uh, uh, you know, AC shiner jerks and, uh, uh, and uh, just all the stuff that we had always been using and, uh, 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 Bill Norman's Bill Norman. That's what uh, Billy don't be a hero was his nickname. He had got a lot of fish where he got chewed up, but so we, we get in there and we wind up, man, we fished our asses off, caught a couple of fish on those little bitty baits and, you know, wind up uh, Travis Richardson, you know, following us around. They couldn't figure out what we were doing. I'm using a, a real light nine foot rod with an inner line rod from Daiwa throwing a, a bait that couldn't have been two inches long. I still got it hanging on the trophy. Well, um, spoiler alert, this is how the story ends. <laughs> but the uh, it's still hanging on there. It's not two inches long. It's only good for one fish, but what the heck. Uh, but follow, but nobody, uh, you know, they just weren't doing that at, at the time. And 
but that's was was the change up. Anyway, that we took second place and missed first by I think one point. Uh, a forty-nine inch fish. Uh, uh, gosh, the, his name will come to me. But anyway, they caught one down at Leatherwood right there off that point on a tree that darn near tipped fifty inches back in the day, which was hell of a fish for a cave run. So we had a pair, but that was it, man. Went on, got third in the championship that year. So. You know, we kind of liked when, you know, being, you know, people talking about you. Tony Grant, uh, I was doing a show down in Cincinnati later in that year, and Tony was doing a seminar, and he introduced me to the crowd and brought me up there. And I believe uh, Ron Leonard was there at the time. Then he came over and started talking, and uh, Gary Roach. And, you know, it was just cool sitting around having coffee, talking with those guys like I really had done, you know. And there I was really green, new, snot-nosed kid. But, man, I wanted to tell everybody. I wrote stories about it. I told everybody else that they can do it. It's not a million dollars for, you know, it was that kind of thing. I went on a, on to be vice president of Muskie Zinc, running the magazine and membership, got the numbers up to the highest as far as I know that they, we got up near 10,000 at that time. I'm, I'm sure it's not, you know, somewhere in that range now, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, it, I don't know. It just seemed like it caught fire and just kept burning. And now, um, you know, you know it's 20 plus years later i sometimes wonder if i'm mad but i gosh it's a good kind of mad i guess i just wish that if you could you know, eat if you could feed if you could eat passion and fuel your truck with passion and you know keep your boat going with passion then that would be really really cool but you know i've got less days in front of me than i have <clears throat> excuse me behind and one day will be my last trip and uh you kind of uh, build your own legacy i think at some at some point i haven't always been you know the, the same person that i am now i've been lucky enough to live long enough to see the kind of person that i'd want to be i don't know that i'm going to make it there i don't know if i'm going to last that long this but... is turning dark <laughs> I like well it, it's not happy. dark i mean that's the inspiration think about it, uh, it yeah, but, live yeah. i mentioned enough. james that my partner in that first year He's not my partner that first year. He went on to with another partner to win a, a Eagle River, and he cashed a couple of checks. But he he passed recently. Uh, his partner yeah. that he won that one passed recently. My good friend Crash passed. Uh, yeah, it's a blessing. It's a gift to be. I guess that's what I'm saying. I realize now I didn't before. I never thought. You know, I never gave it a thought. But when Brookville Lake is opened here, and my grandkids and my great grandkids, my granddaughter's a junior. I mean, is a, a uh, freshman at Miami University here, you know, my grandkids are getting up there and, uh, you know, it'd be kind of cool to do something positive and, you know, leave a, you know, open the door for when I was younger, guys learned it and they closed the door behind them. It was hard to get to learn, learn anything. And I want to, I'd like to be a part of seeing that go the opposite direction. And you guys are a big part of that too. All of us, we're all, that's what we're doing. That's why I'm here. We're ambassadors for the sport and we don't just talk shit. We do it. We live it. <laughs> yeah that's good good stuff man where are your uh musky de- destinations this year bob where, where are you heading is it early in the season what are you where are you heading in the summer fall got anything exciting coming up well uh, right off the bat is uh you know, I'm, I'm saving to make sure that i hit the uh, indiana musky classic my issues, boat issues right now. That's what's causing all my other, <laughs> all my other problems. I'm trying to get a, I'm going to go to uh, West Virginia to uh, fish with Jason uh, uh, Jackson, who uh, won, was part of the winning team in the uh, Battle of the Bluegrass here recently. He's got an awful lot of good things going on. Uh, 
spent a lot more time on my local home water. Since I started fishing the trail, I, I, I used to be on my local water over a hundred days a year, really probably closer to 200, but I really loved my, you know, my walleye fishing at the time. It wasn't that good of a musky lake yet. And, uh, but it was originally impounded to be that in a trophy uh, striper fishery, but they kind of got away from their mission a long time ago. Uh, those, I always look forward to Eagle River, but on my, I have a standing invitation for my first trip to uh, Green Bay. So if I don't fish the whole trail this year, if things don't work out, uh, I I hope that I do, because gosh, I do. I love that. Oh, I love the competition on the trail, but Green Bay is one that I, and my, you know what? I think I've just made the decision. I'm not going to fish the trail. Green Bay and Eagle Eagle Lake. I've not been to Eagle. And uh, a retired teacher that I know out of the Columbus area spends over most of the summer there. It's kind of like uh, Perry Smith used to do on, on uh, out of Morrison Bay there and, and on Lake of the Woods. He spent the whole season up there. And he, he forgot more than almost anybody I know ever even learned there. He knew you tell him he'd he'd look at the radar whatever way the wind was blowing he had a route to get anywhere on that lake he knew where every big fish was set and that was just incredible i to be like that the past uh, president of the three rivers chapter uh andy uh andy, talked, andy yeah he was yeah. he was kind of like that man you talk yeah. about another one taken too early gosh he was an inspiration to me actually i traveled we went to his funeral uh, uh, crash mullins and i and a couple other guys he yeah. was at that time, when I, in Muskie Zinc, he was doing things here on this side of the country that nobody yeah. else was doing. You saw the shows. He was able to put people together. I've always wanted to do that. I don't, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm a, I get ideas and I'm a more of a tree topper. He could do the, get the ideas, but he could put the stuff together too. That was just, you know, like a superpower with him as much, uh, yeah. Let's see there. I guess it is getting dark. I keep thinking about guys that are, that are here, but, but he was an exceptional person. I, you know, that yeah. was just one of those kind of deals. It just came to mind when I was, was talking about some of these others. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to try to get on a brighter note. That's, that's so going to be like gonna, last week's. So you're yeah. going to try and go to green Bay for the first time. Yep. Which is putting out some, has been putting out some pretty, fat ones the past couple of years <laughs> yeah that's well that's been on that's on my list but overall and you guys may may know him i i made the promise to myself and i'm looking in my i've got a little notebook over here where i you know put down my as things come up but the uh, saint lawrence with a uh, patrick beer of up uh, there and uh of uh of uh, mm-hmm. Well, gosh dang, I, why can't I think of the baits? I love his baits. But anyway, uh, fishing the St. Lawrence with somebody that, that knows it and is, you know, knows how that, you know, the nuances of the system. I, I've, uh, that's one that's on my top 10 list that I probably, if I don't make the effort, I may never get there. Mm-hmm. So you're uh, not I, shy to travel. If you're thinking uh, Green Bay and St. No, Lawrence. No, that's what the cool thing. Yeah, that's, the, that's just like a... Uh, you know, it's it's a shame that you got to spend that kind of time on the road. But I, uh, yeah, just with my side trips on the trail last year, just that part of my, uh, you know, Googling up the trips was almost 30,000 miles. And that was just the PMT related stuff, Holy not counting smokes. the running up. But that's, I run and go see people. Man, Todd, you know, I, I, and I get out and that's, I, that's the other thing I love now is that I, if people know I'm heading away, I, you know, people hot shout out and I get to go and meet them, maybe have a, you know, bite with them and, you know, sometimes I get to fish water with them or I go to like Secret Lake X places and I'd go, I said it, didn't I? Lake X, kaboom. <laughs> I know exactly where you're at. 
yeah, oh, I just and yeah, they were working this weekend. I got to tell you, Reby and uh, Schneider, they loaded the toad this weekend to the complete about face. Man, you know what? I was here. I was so nervous about getting on here. I'm thinking there's about a hundred things that I want to talk about now. That we're not getting to. <laughs> hey, let's talk about that tournament this last this past weekend. Uh, the uh, just the way things shook out on on the whole deal, the way the weather has changed over the last uh, couple of three weeks. And, you know, I'd been down there a couple of weeks ago for the battle in the bluegrass and then being there again now. The water temperature skyrocketed, you know, all that heavy, beautiful weather, then the the rains and the gosh, but somebody always figures it out. The, yeah. uh, the I gosh, I guess I shouldn't you mind if I talk a little bit of what successful I think made the successful tactics uh, when they shut the dam down on Sunday morning. There was a horrible, horrible rain overnight Saturday coming right into takeoff. I don't know, several inches of rain, at least a couple inches, but this, you know, the really bad storm and all that going with it. And they shut the gates down on the dam and they had been dumping it like pouring out of a boot, you know, just dumping a boot, <laughs> dropping as much as a, as much as a foot of a day. It, when I was down there two weeks ago, well, it's three weeks ago now for the battle in the bluegrass with Tony, it was just at, just a tad over right at 27 feet above. And they had, were dropping it then at a foot a day. So by the time tournament took off, it was 13 feet above it was almost down to even again here just as the PMT was starting to take off, but the water temperatures came up from 48, 52 to 65. So that big bite that was starting to work out on the south end around Longbow when all those males were moving up, you know, they were putting multiple, you know, multiple fish days with an occasional big fish in the boat down there. And then the temperatures just got way hot. The other end of the lake up by the dam and the upper third, you know, the upper third started, you know, it was still pretty cool and the fish started turning on up there and they were still pulling water. So the trolling bike took off. So they were doing pretty good trolling coming into it. But when they shut the dam down, the trolling all, but the winners trolled their wind, but they don't really want me to talk about where they were at, but they were, yeah, they, they caught fish there last year and just finished off the board and they did their, you know, comeback in the same spot. So they're, uh, but it, it's it's was it was a little more immune to the uh, it still had current regardless it wasn't let's just say it was not a main lake spot and he didn't have a whole lot of company but he did have some so they trolled ziggies uh, which I'm sure you guys are all aware of the ziggy baits are in that you know in our in oh, yeah. upper part of the country so uh, he had a six inch rattling uh, orange ziggy and ten inch he got one on each in there uh, trolling up just stayed at it too stayed in the same darn place. Uh, last year's winners, uh, Tim Barker and his brother Brian, uh, almost it's only happened one time in in history, and that's back us. Uh, Stephen Rusterberg and uh, Dwayne Landmeyer years ago, I think on uh, on Shelbyville, maybe back to back on the same lake. That was only yep. happened once in 21 years. Well, Barker stuck a 47 and a half inch fish uh, Saturday. Imagine if you will, Todd, you you fished a lot of these events. We yeah. everybody put in and nothing the radio silence no call no fish no fish Mm -hmm. nine almost nine o'clock boom it's like a 15 minute window four or five fish then the door shut nothing for like two or three hours then it's just that's cool being on that side watching how the windows work and then what the majors and the minors are but it was just in on the first day of a pmt event and uh, the first fish isn't caught till like nine o'clock then it winds up being big fish for the event too but uh, but they were they found an area with a with a flooded culvert. So there's three or four. So, uh, hey, uh, Tim, I'm not giving up your spot. I don't think there. Uh, <laughs> Bondi baiting. 
uh, he and his brother uh, using the bondy bait. But I, I sat over uh, by him for a little bit, got their smaller fish. They doubled up. They got the big one early, and then within four minutes, they were one of the in that flurry. They got the second one, not almost in the exact, almost the exact same spot. But I know from fishing that spot because <laughs> I, it's one of my go-to's when the water's up at a certain height, and that there is a, a culvert with the water on the other side, uh, you know, coming through. So it has a really good flow of, of really fresh water that, but it's subsurface, and there just happened to be some lay-down wood in there, and uh, so that worked for them real good. But then the second day, it didn't work out for them, so they moved on, uh, moved on up to uh, the Scotts Creek area. I guess everybody fishes Scotts Creek, so I don't mind saying that. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, 15 fish the first day, 16 the second. Um, a lot of uh, lunging. Uh, I know. Uh, yeah, it was it was unusual. It was un, an unusual bite. But uh, congratulations to uh, Fred Letterer and Phil Cummins of Toledo, Ohio Husky Muskie Pass President. Uh, he got jiggy with it, got ziggy with it, actually got ziggy with it and pulled them right up. Uh, Mike Keys uh, using phantom soft tails. That was, but again, that was the second day when they closed the dam and Chris Reby and his partner, Matt, they have caught, <clears throat> excuse me, Todd, 14 fish. I, I'm not, to, I'm just talking to Todd, but Todd, yeah. no, it's just how <laughs> tough. Well, any of you, if you fished, if you fished any length of time on the PMT, they have caught and registered musky and 14 straight events going into 15 now but they were zipped they got skunked on the first day they were trying to troll that shut down he reached into his bag of tricks i think it was somewhere real close to his butthole <laughs> pulled out a biggie toad and loaded that son of a gun up white 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 and um if i didn't get it white was the predominant color everywhere with a tad of orange the exception being the orange ziggies uh Fred used, but he prefers wooden. He he's been using zigs for a long time, and he is uh, real. Uh, he has a real preference for the wood, and he had a couple of uh, six inches uh, made up in wood with rattles that uh, worked a good effect for him this week. A short lining, eight foot of line, three and a half miles an hour, moving mm-hmm. at a pretty good clip. Short line down rods, you know, working it. I'm gonna puke. Um- <laughs> I know. That's what I was saying. I didn't get to fish it, but in two other spots that gave up really good fish. He got the event uh, Sunday big fish in that other spot. That's it's not a it's not a uh, private spot, but it's I know he doesn't want company that time of year because it's it, this is how it was last year. It's set up real similar, you know, high water falling a little bit cooler than getting really hot. So he just went back to the same things he did, in, you know, last year and stayed on it. And it paid off for him this time. Lost a fish in the last 15 minutes that he thought for sure cost him the event. But uh, as it turned out, the Barkers didn't back any, you know, didn't back theirs up. But since then, Tony sent me a picture. Uh, Tim must have got really mad because he, in the 10 hours of got on the water afterwards, I, he put like, it looked like five maybe in the 45, six, seven inch range. I mean, he just hammered them, beating them half to death like everything. It's like he's mad at him, <laughs> but he's just put on. He has. He's he's had all, uh, what some people would call a great season in the you know in the first ten hours after the uh, you know that, that he was on the water with clients. Nice, good stuff. Well, so are you you're not going to go to Eagle River? Oh, I'm going to Eagle River. I I, I thought my wife was listening. She's wondering how I'm paying for all that stuff. <laughs> I'm wondering how you know all these people. <laughs> That's it, a lot of years on the, you know, the trail. not not burning toast, not giving up people's stuff, and yeah, you know, that's that's the other thing, you know. People will, 
Well, you know how it is. You, if you're making your money off of the off of the uh, resource, you don't want somebody in there telling everybody what you're doing and all that. You can give up a lot of really good information without being spot specific for certain. And uh, but I know I try to treat everybody square and you know fair. And I and I know that I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I I really love being around people that are good at as early on as I was saying. Everybody brings something different to the table, and. Well, like my first year on the trail, using those little bitty baits, man, we thought we were hot crap. We was, ah, ha, ha, you know, man, them guys come down here throwing broomsticks. We went back to our chapter, did a little seminar thing, you know, da, 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 about our hellbenders and our mud bugs and stuff. And then I went to Eagle River. Only that year it was three lakes. Huh. Guess what? Oh, and wait till we got to Minnetonka. Guess again. Although by that time I was starting to already transition, but then you start realizing at that level that a lot of things are equipment specific too. You can't just, when I first started writing, my very first thing that got me my first writing gig was a, a little a repeating column I did called the frugal fisherman about uh, repurposing things, uh, how, you know, buy this particular type of ugly stick and you can do this kind of fishing, this kind of fishing, this kind of fishing. Uh, here's bank access here and there. So-and-so's got a big deal on, a, you know, slip sinkers or whatever, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Who's got great live bait and all that? Well, that turned into, you know, from going to that and then going up north and writing it and I'm getting away from the whole thing. I had to learn. I, I I realized that what I did at that point is when I started searching out people that were really good at their particular parts of the game. And so for the next three years, I I learned from some of the best in the business. Whoever I looked around and saw was the best suet guy. I went with them. I did stuff with them. I would you know either do stuff for their website, do a picture, you know, for whatever like that. But I want to learn suet. And my grandpa used a suic, and I, but I never realized when in the hands of an expert what how deadly them sons of bitches could be. So then you do that, uh, cobs and the glide baits. We never had no such a thing ever. I that, you know, getting the cadence in. So it, and it was fun, and you cash a couple of checks along the way, and and being genuine about it. And the guys, a lot of guys like to do a like to share what they know, but they're, you know, they got to be careful about how they do it. So when people get comfortable with you, and know you're not gonna you know, trash them or, you know, go, or, you know, especially guys that have a public image, you know, if you're in the boat with them, there's, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, like they're relieving their self and things. There's certain jokes that come up and, you know, stuff like that, that they may not want passed along. But eh. so uh, just over a period of time, I, after, you know, just so long, it just seemed like, I don't know. I, I just got really lucky. I got to fish. I'd, I'd done, I'd cut a lot, awful lot of wood out of the back right corner of the boat. I tell you what, I have killer figure eight. You guys went into what I think is one of my other things. And I wanted to bring that up before we get out of here. And that is the value of a net daddy. Somebody who knows how to wrangle a fish, son of a gun. I have, I have saved more people's fish. I have never, and I don't want to jinx myself, but there is an art to that. And by golly, there is no, I'm, it's sad. I've had a couple of people knock really nice fish off for me in it, but I've never, I've never chewed their ears off. I've never kicked them in the ass. But that whole thing, the the whole understanding about the the sack, you know, keeping it out of the water. The that was a tutorial you did on there. But the fact that that, that people can that 
a big part of a good pair is knowing that the attitude of the fish, whether or not it's still hot and bringing it in, that being able to turn its head with the line. It's like neck rain in a horse. Yeah, you guys were they, people don't know some of that was kind of like next level netting. That netting's not as you know, it's not the dummy part of our fishing. Netting is really where you know you got to seal the deal or not. This you know, is it. Good, That's good, great. Good, it's good with the bag, well. not getting in the way, letting the guy, you know, do what he needs to do, but knowing that it's an under and up. Never from the tail, never anything else. Plenty, you know, that whole, gosh, it's just, that was pretty cool. You know, I almost, he's, I'm talking about it now. I'm wanting to go net a fish. Son of a gun. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. That that whole, the, the musky wrangling part, you know, it's on the guy catching it. Tournament fishing, it's a boat fish. It's not one guy's fish. So right. you've got the guy doing the lead and walk him around, whatever he needs to do. And you're sensing, and you know, if when, you, when you've been fishing with a partner for a while, you can, yeah, you can feel it. You can tell, you know, you know, when he's ready to bring it up, you're not having to do a whole lot of talking and, you know, it's a, it's, and how cool is it when it all comes together? It's like, yeah, oh, gosh, darn. Well, I'm ready to go out and get me one now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. Well, good luck. Are you, are you going to do, and I'll just ask you, are you going to do the mega tournament for the PMPT at Leach? I have the feelers out now. My um, Green Bay buddy, uh, if he's listening, I won't give your name up because I know you're trying to get his. He's trying to get his dad to do it, but you know, Leach could be a tough one to ride for three days. You know, she's got a lot of different faces, and you know, when she's not, when she's a little bit angry, she gets a little bit really angry, and that'd be oh, for yeah. some guys to ride that some gun for, <laughs> for three days. You gotta, you gotta have. I'm airborne. I'm ex airborne. I that's you know, I went in the service underage back in the day, and. Yeah, I went airborne and all that, and thank God I was too young to go over overseas. I thought I was going to – it was Rambo syndrome or something. It was John Wayne, really. Figured you're going to go over there and change everything and and not. But it's that kind of an attitude. It's that, you know, if you hit the ground, the ground's going to hurt. Well, that's how it is when you're tournament muskie fishing. Son of a bitch, I'm out on that water. Look out! (laughs) Somebody's hurting at the end of the day. It's usually me, though. Sore back and my shoulders. Oh, Lord, it takes it out of me these days. But I love it. It hurts so good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you've got awesome. a problem <laughs> that's what i've been told hi i'm bob i have a problem that's the first step that's very a, nice yeah well yeah first you got to recognize it it seems like i i wanted to uh bring up i i you almost went to it earlier uh andy yeah was something that uh, zach brought up towards uh, somewhere towards the last third of your show last week the 2020 at chautauqua Todd, I'm, is that an yeah. open date in September? <laughs> but that might be on my list of waters. I have not been to Chautauqua since that awesome, awesome championship there a few years yeah. ago. The the numbers of fish, the size of fish, the everything, the, the and the whole side story with Scott Salchi and, and and pork chop. You know, Tony, him coming there at that time. Scott was the first guy to catch a fish in every event. He was leading everything coming into it catching fish and he had to lay off of him pre-fishing because he was afraid he was catching all the fish in Chautauqua take off morning. They get a call from home and his, and his fiance had died in a fire overnight and he had to pull out of the event. Oh my God. I know. I, and I'm not wanting to stay on the dark side of things. Say, here, I mean, that's just one of those stories. Back. It was just so, so Bob, you so, got to write a book, man. <laughs> then maybe someday after Ramsell dies and all that, and you know, that's Jeez. my wife says, you know, why don't you do something, put a, you know, put, let people know these other 
I've got notes full of them, but I don't usually share. This is kind of cool to be able to talk to the guys that might appreciate some of that. But yeah, but the, but the number of fish, but this whole the 2020 deal in September and it being a, a like a, a chapter challenge is that yeah, was, yeah. So what was it? What was the deal on that? That's something that I I I, I can I see that being interesting. Yeah, Zach brought it up. I don't know that much about it yet. I mean, we'll we'll. Uh... There well, is, as I like, his, like I like his, to say, watch this space. I, I tell you, yeah. it sounded good. It's a yeah. September Chautauqua with that group of guys. That ought to be, ought to be pretty All cool. Right. Do any of you guys do the Bondi Slam or ever do it? I never no, have. No. That's that's another one I'm, I'm interested in, but just more just because it's you know something I haven't done. I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're we're gridlocked on Chautauqua, Bob. I don't. I don't blame you. That's an amazing, an amazing <laughs> special body of water. But no, I heard you guys talking Presque Isle, and uh, uh, you, know, you go. You guys get a lot of, lot of places. You don't even. You don't go back out to, to uh, Chautauqua until July, do you, uh, Todd? Or is it, it like Memorial Day? Yeah, it starts up Memorial Day. Yeah. Memorial Day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're there. We're there till November. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not a bad thing, Bob. <laughs> we're, there, we're, 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 there, we're there until the Ohio Muskie show. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> At least that's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. There's worse things, I guess. Yeah. Well, Andy, I, I'm hoping that I would, will still get an opportunity to fish the these last two PMT events. I I still want to try to make the uh, championship. Iowa might seem a little, I, you know, I've gotten a few uh, texts from people and a couple of emails about Iowa, but uh, man, they've got a couple of really, really, uh, good fisheries out there i saw some pictures we've been a lot of the guys from iowa have been coming out cashing checks on the trail the last couple of years uh i haven't ever fished any of their water uh, I, I would kind of like to just to mark that off the list missouri i think is as far as i've gone uh west for uh you know for musky fishing there the uh not plantagenet uh palm de terre palm de terre you are so well traveled Oh, it's just a lot of years. <laughs> you're, a, you're a man of culture. Oh, yeah. A scholar and a gentleman. Run, run. Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of like stink on some other things, I guess. <laughs> hey, we're approaching an hour and a half, Bob. Is there anything else you want to hit before we wrap this up? Uh, no, nah, I, I guess that... Uh, and we covered a lot more than I expected. I, I appreciate you letting me uh, go on long-winded. I... Hey, you had uh, stuff to say, and the best way to say it is just to say it. We're, well, we, and and you guys are great listeners. You 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 know, let me go. I didn't get the eye rolls that I often get, <laughs> or the dogs crawling off into the other room. You know how an awful lot of the times that uh, people are sitting around and uh you know they'll blame a dog for a fart. I think that I that <laughs> opposite goes with the dog. They kind of crawl off on me and they go, oh, Jesus, here he goes again. But no, I, I loved it. I, I love talking to your family. I know you've got a lot of loyal and uh, dedicated listeners out there, whether you're fatheads or AZ, but whatever you wind up being, uh, thanks for listening to me tonight. Uh, thanks for your support on, on Muskie Clan and some of the other things. Uh, uh, tournament fishing isn't for everybody, but as I always say, it's not just tournaments out there either. I I just like to support the folks that are doing it and the, and the people that are helping on that part. I did think of one shameless plug before I go, and that's for the National Professional 
Professional Anglers Association. It's not just a walleye club. They're a multi-species organization. It's a, a lot like uh, with Muskies Inc. and some of the others where th there's strength in numbers, but the affiliation with the American Sports Fishing Association and some of the major players in fishing and, and our outdoors uh, all together make them a pretty powerful voice. They do a lot of lobbying. They're moving to try to help with the, the what's going on in Minnesota with the, uh, you know, to help the alliance out there. Uh, if you're, if you're, wanting to take your passion and move it to the, your profession or you want help along the way, uh, give the uh, National Professional Anglers Association a peek. They're well worth, uh, I've been with them for several years now. Uh, it's They're a, a good group to belong to, but add them to your list. But again, if you're if you want to, uh, to make this a living or you want some help along the way, there's great folks. Uh, well, they're just good folks and it's just something else to add to your to your list of uh, of uh, credentials if you're a professional angler thank you guys perfect all right so to wrap this show up uh big thanks to fatty z musky products fatty z musky.com muddy creek fishing guides mc fishing guides.com st croix rods best rods on earth ranger boats vicks marine and sports center they are located in kent ohio muskies inc we talked a lot about clubs we talked a lot about muskies inc i don't think i need to go any further than that um, check out local clubs and all that they're going to be offering. Uh, we mentioned two tournaments earlier in the uh, show. So, uh, I'm sure you listen to that. Um, other than that, it's getting warm out. So good luck fishing. <laughs>